Shalom Aleichem. Today in Mishnah Yomi, we are learning in chapter 8 of Kituvot Mishnah Vav. Shomeret Yavam, a woman awaiting Yibam. As we explained in Masechet Yavamot, her husband passed away without children, but leaving surviving brothers, at least one. And now she is awaiting Yibam, or the alternative, if they don't want to get married in Yibam, to get, receive a chalitza, and then she'll be free to marry someone outside the family. Shenaflu la nechasim. Now she receives property. Modim beit shaman beit hillel shomocheret benotenet vekayam. Everyone agrees that she can sell it, she can gift it, and that is a valid transaction. The brother or brothers of her deceased husband don't have any claim or property rights over these items, even though, in theory, after they did Yibam, then they would be able to eat the payroads and get the profits from these properties. Meta, now what if she passes away, the Shomeret Yavam? Maya say Bichtuvata, what do we do about her Ketuva money? And with properties that come in and go out with her into the marriage. Now here, when we say the word ketuva, we don't mean the 100 or 200 zuz. We mean items written in the ketuva. If you'll recall, we discussed that certain items would be assessed and they would write their value into the ketuva. And if this item was lost or damaged or depreciated during the marriage, then when the marriage ended, the husband was on the hook for the full financial replacement value of that item. And this other category, which the mission is calling nechosim v'yotzim ima, the properties that come in and go out with her, that's what we also call nechsei mulug, which is dowry that is literally, mulug is plucking, that the husband plucks from the fruit or from the shearings of the sheep, if you, as it were. And if the marriage ends, this property goes back to the wife in whatever condition it's in, whether it's been appreciated or depreciated, it goes back to her as is. It's not assessed and written in the ketuva. So in this case, the widow has now passed away. And if the surviving brother had married her, he would have some property rights over the dowry. Uh, but... It, it didn't happen yet. So what do we do here? Beit Shammai, Omerim, Beit Shammai says, They split it. The heirs of the husband, meaning his brothers, would split it with the heirs of her father. Because after all, the dowry came from her father's household, her own family. Beit says the properties should go with the chazaka, meaning where they're more likely to end up. And Beit Hillel doesn't actually explain how to determine this, so we end up, the Mepharshim say, we end up having to split it, as Beit Shammai says. And then he adds, Ketuva, and the Ketuva itself, now we're talking about the 100 or 200 zoos, the actual base amount of the Ketuva, Bechezkot Yorshea Bal. This remains in the Chazaka, in the previous known status of belonging to the heirs of the husband. After all, this money was the husband's money from his bank account, and when the marriage ends, he would have given it to her. But really, the marriage didn't... Okay, the husband died. The first husband, God forbid, passed away, but he had a surviving brother who would have continued that marriage, in a sense, through Yibam, and would not have been on the hook for Ketuvah that would have come out of the first husband's bank account. So since the Yavama is also now passed away, she has no definite claim to that money. And the chasim and nechnasim yotzim imam, a property that comes in and out with her nechsein, molog, bechezkat yorshei ha'av. 
that really belongs to the heirs of the father, her father's household. After all, that's where this property came from in the first place. So to clarify, it's, it's the Nechosim of Tzon Barzil, those that are assessed and written in the Ketuvah, where Beit Hillel didn't explain what the Chazaka was, and therefore that would be divided. The other ones he does explain the Chazaka. Great, let's go to Mishnah Zayin. Hiniach Achiv Maut, his brother left him cash. Now this is referring to the deceased brother, and now the other brother, the surviving brother, is performing Yibam, is marrying the widow in Yibam. And as we're going to see, what happens is the estate, the assets that are inherited from the deceased brother to the surviving brother, the Yavam, the man doing Yibam, those have a lien on them. They are mortgaged to pay the Ketuvah to the widow should this second Yibam marriage end in divorce or the death of the Yavam. So what should the Yavam, who is now the married man, do with these assets to keep them safe to pay the ketuva to the Yavama if necessary? You should buy land, durable assets, and certainly he can enjoy the perot, and really he has title to the land, but there's a mortgage on it to the ketuva if necessary, so he can't diminish it. If he inherits from the deceased brother, produce that are detached from the ground. You look upon karka, sell them, buy land. And again, he eats the perots and keeps the principal safe in case they need to pay the ketuvah. What if he inherits produce that is still attached, still growing on the ground? We assess the ground. How much would it be worth with these crops still on it? How much is worth without the crops? But Mozart and the difference they invest it in a separate plot of land, and again, he eats the profits. The other sages say, The crops that are attached to the ground are his, meaning belong to the Yavam. Now, the Gemara changes. The Gemara says, hold on. Isn't it the case that all of his assets, all of the assets from the first brother, the deceased brother, that are now going to the Yavam, they're all mortgaged and subject to the Ketuvah obligation, should it become effective. So the Gemara corrects this and says, you have to say it's Shalah. You have to say it belongs to her. The mission continues, those that are detached from the land, whoever gets there first, gets that. If the Yavam gets there first, he gets it. The Yavam comes, she gets it, you know, in the idea that it's, under the mortgage obligation to her ketuva, for, for, should that kick in, should the marriage to the second brother of the Yavam end. So what does she do? So she should buy land, and he will eat the perot. Kinosa, once the Yavam marries the Yavama in a Yibam marriage, Kinosa means to come to, to come into marriage, like we have a Beit Knesset, to come together where we pray. She's just like a regular, normal Jewish wife for all matters. But only that if this second marriage ends, as we've mentioned, her ketuvah payments will come out of the properties that the Yavam received from the, his deceased brother. This should sound familiar if we've learned Yavamot. We mentioned the same concept, but here we're dealing more with the ketuvah aspect of the Yavam marriage. Yashar kuchachem